sometimes you notice that people feel like, oh, there's another retro again. Well, that is a telltale sign something might be off. The, the biggest pitfall that you can have is that there is no follow-up. Doing the same retro all over again, following the same format each and every time, slowly stop improving. And that's, of course, bad for a team. You should retro your retro from time to time. Yeah. Asking questions in a different style, different formats, uh, it, it can do wonders with the energy in your team. Don't be afraid to make it fun. Yeah, change it up, change your, your retrospectives. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bold.com Tech Lab podcast. We share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Bold.com, the largest e-commerce platform in the Netherlands and Belgium. We are sharing our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. The hosts of the show, Peter Paul van der Beek and Peter Brouwers. Hi and welcome back to the Bold.com Tech Lab podcast. Great that you're here with us again. And a few episodes back, we talked about all our amazing communities in, uh, in Bold.com, especially the tech and the product side. And today, basically, we have another topic that uh, basically is coming from, uh, from one of these uh, communities. Um, and we were a little inspired by, uh, by their talk on the Spaces Summit. But Peter, you know way more about that than I do. About the topic? Uh, well, actually, I must be honest, I, I didn't attend the talk uh, during the, the Spaces Summit. But uh, because of the uh, the subject was described, uh, yeah, we got really curious. It's about uh, um, yeah, the t- that's the, the title of the episode. Bye bye, boring retrospectives. And if I talk with uh, with people, for instance, candidates uh, during recruitment or talk uh, talk with the teams, I always say, well, the retrospective is one of the most important moments uh, if you talk about uh, Scrum uh, Agile way of working because that's where you learn. That's where you improve yourself uh, on a daily basis. But indeed, I recognize that, uh, yeah, if, if you do it a lot, it, it, it can become boring. So, uh, yeah, interesting to uh, to see uh, how it can be done differently. And, yeah, let's introduce the guests, Peter Paul, and dive into it. Yeah, so today we have two of our uh, Scrum Masters. So we're very happy that they're here with us t- today. So we have uh, Jake de Oude, who's a software engineer and Scrum Master in uh, assortment and selling. And we have uh, Erik van der Kieft, who's a Scrum Master in Assortment and Selling. Yeah, welcome both. Thank you, and uh, thank you for having us. Yeah, awesome that you're here with us today. Hey, yeah, then uh, let's start uh, with yeah, kind of the, the problem part or the problem statement. Yeah, what, what are the symptoms for boring retrospectives uh, for you? <laughs> Well, one of the obvious ones is people falling asleep. Um, usually it com- doesn't come to that, but what can happen is that people just kind of tune out and zone out. And another symptom after that is that people say like, well, do we really need retrospectives? Can we skip this one? Um, nothing really comes out of it. Uh, let's skip it this time. And before you know it, it takes months even uh, to get a new one going. Yeah, and in my teams, what I sometimes notice is that more the vibe uh, in front of, uh, just before the retro, sometimes you notice that people feel like, oh, there's another retro again. Well, that is a telltale sign, something might be off. And sometimes it's just, hey, it's retro time again. It's more a more enthusiastic vibe. That's also 
signals you can pick up. And, and are there some, because you recognize these, these symptoms, uh, what's the what are the things uh, lying underneath? Huh? Because in in general, these are the things that we, we we want to tackle. So, when do people don't want to go to retros? <laughs> they think, oh no, it's already two weeks since the last one, or I don't know. Um, well, let's let's take one step back. So. Um... Well, Eric and I are, are both part of the Agile community uh, and we, we host also meetups with uh, other Scrum Masters, product owners. Uh, and then you hear from other people like, okay, so these retrospectives, they, they're, um, they're touchy, they're, they're, they're not really helping us. Everybody has this low commitment. Um, personally, uh, what I feel is, is the, the biggest pitfall that you can have is that there is no follow-up on what is being discussed. Um, and that that is a vicious circle, basically, because uh, you talk about, okay, how do we improve? Something comes out of this. Um, ideally, those are action points, and those action points have actors, and there are decisions made, and uh, um, in the next retrospective, there is a... Um, a feedback loop going on like okay we, we tried this uh, it worked or maybe it didn't work but at least there was some movement there um, and if that is not there before you know it all the participants are like yeah okay but we, we can sit here and we can go through this whole ritual uh, but we will nothing is moving nothing is changing the, the, the needle is not moving um, I think that is the the, the big one so yeah, I think indeed it's 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 both the lack of follow-up because a lot of people and typically software engineers want to be productive. They want to have wanted to have some value to have to, to be useful. And if that doesn't come out of the retro, um they they will let you know and then they will the, the active participation will be less. So that's 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 indeed one of the points. Um yeah, and the other underlying thing uh, could be doing the same retro all over again following the same format each and every time that will not make people motivated they will just get more of a feeling they are going through the motion because it has because yeah it has to be done if you spice that up a little that, that combination the a good follow up good actionable points and spicing it up by using different formats that that helps a lot so it's a combination yeah hey and um Talking about doing the retrospectives, why are the, the retrospectives important for the teams? Yeah, so in other words, why are boring retrospectives bad for the team? Yeah, I would say, um, uh, like we just said, if there are no actionable items coming from it or people don't feel inspired to come up with those actionable items, you will stop improving. And the whole idea behind Scrum and Working Agile is to uh, to inspect and adapt, so to to look at what how you are working, to look at yourself, to look at your team, and come up with points to improve yourself. So if you have boring retrospectives, or if you if you notice that the involvement of the team members is declining, you will come up with less improvement points, and you will just slowly stop improving. And that's of course bad for a team because if you just go on in the same 
with the same things, the same struggle, it will not get you forward. It will not be, uh, you cannot improve yourself. If you have anything to add to that, uh, Jaka? I think you, you, you pinpointed it uh, very well. Um, like Agile, a lot of, um, you, you can look at Agile with the idea, okay, we're, this is a way to deliver software. And we, we focus on, okay, there's a, a ticket on our board and we pick it up and we, uh, we deliver that. And then, uh, oh, it's Agile, so we do that in short iterations. And then we, we have something out there, we get some data back, and then we, we, we can change it instead of uh, being in your ivory tower and, and making it in, in one year before you get feedback. Okay, that, but that's only one side of the whole agile uh, ideology. You also need to kind of look at that for yourself, as, as Eric says, like uh, adapt and inspect. You, you take a look at your own process as well, as your own team. Um, and um, that also means for, for me, a retrospective is the most important meeting, the most important ritual in, in, in Scrum. And now we're talking about Scrum, but it's, it's, about, it's not even tied to Scrum or even Agile. Um, how can you improve as your team if you're not taking a look at yourself? And for that, a retrospective is, to me, the, the best way to go about it. Yeah, true. And it's, uh, in, uh, it, we talk about agile uh, scrum way of working, but uh, yeah, if we have a huge incident, an emergency, we also do a, a retrospective. We call it a post-mortem, but it's similar to, uh, and, yeah, you have a situation, you, you went through it, but afterwards you want to learn from it. So then that's when we do retrospectives as well. So very good to, uh, to add that to the, to the topic. Hey, wh why is this so important for you? You already shared, Jaco, that it's because you think it's the most important meeting in the in the way of working. Yeah, indeed, and and um, like I was introduced to to do to agile to Scrum about ten years ago, I think now. Um, and the first time we had a retrospective, that that yeah, that made such an impact. Um, and it can be in, in very small things, but the first time that you do a really good retrospective and you're open to each other, uh, you, you dare to be a bit vulnerable there and you share your worries. Um, and, but also a, a place to, to, uh, to share and to, to celebrate and to share kudos to your team. That's immensely powerful to me. And for you, Eric? Yeah, I was thinking when you're asking the question, it's, it's not necessarily important for me as a person, but I think it's really important for the team. And therefore, of course, as a Scrum Master, you facilitate, you support and you coach. Uh, so in that sense, it is important to have good retrospectives because as a Scrum Master, you can coach the team in those sessions a bit extra. But for the whole team, it is super important to just keep looking at yourself, keep looking at the way you work and get just get to know each other because that's also an aspect that's sometimes forgotten about retros. You can also use it as a moment to just step out of the work a little bit, get to know each other via uh, a nice game as an icebreaker or just share something personal and then dive into the, the way of working. So it's, it's, it's a very important meeting from different, from different perspectives. Hey, Jaak, you're triggering me. Hey? You're saying, okay, and hey, you're being vulnerable as well during such a session. But, but Paul, are, are you joining those retros as an engineering manager in, the, in your teams? So I, I do that when uh, engineers or the teams uh, ask that from me or when they 
want me to participate uh, in that to share my view or when they ask me to facilitate it. Uh, for example, in our domain, we don't have any Scrum Masters. And then sometimes I or uh, a people lead will do the retrospectives. Basically to do what the topic is about, to do things in a different way and to uh, take a new perspective on the on the uh, retrospective. How about you, Peter? How do you approach it? Yeah, not, not so uh, aware of it. Sometimes I just jump in when there's a retro in my agenda for one of the teams uh, and uh, I'd yeah, be part of it just to see how, how things are going in the team, if they really learn from it, uh, just to check it out. So it's not for me a way to, to assess the people or so, uh, indeed. So yeah, hopefully they, they, they are as open as uh, in the situation that I'm not joining a retro. And uh, like you said, it's, uh, it happens a lot that I'm being asked to, to facilitate a retro uh, or to, uh, to help out with the preparation, um, not only for, for teams uh, after a sprint, but also for a project retro or kind of situation that we want to analyze. And then, Analyze. So that's that's uh, also uh, one of the moments I'm joining in. And yeah, for different situations, I have different uh, different ideas. Yeah? When a, when we have a project, come up with a timeline and try to put things on the timeline, and then find the the, the important moments. But I'm really curious. Uh, what what? Yeah, we make, we make the jump from uh, when things in the retro are not so good. We can we can feel it. Uh, there's not this energy. Uh, you you summed it all up. Yeah, let's make the move. So what, what should be elements of a good retrospect retrospective? It's just called a retro. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to start? Jake? Um well so the the there are some building blocks, I feel. Um and you can vary those. Uh, but the, the essentials are that you uh, you open it. And and that's already this is gonna sound silly. Um, but this is also something that a lot of people uh, might skip. You open the retrospective, you set the stage. So you say, okay, today we're going to do a retrospective. Um, maybe do a short icebreaker, a short game maybe, uh, just to make sure that everybody dis disconnects from the daily grinds, so to speak, from the, from the coding or what have you. Um, Make clear what you're going to do. Okay, this is the retrospective. This is the format that we're going to do. Um, and that is maybe uh, the easiest, but also an, an essential step. So uh, setting the stage. Um, there is also um, gathering data, uh, making sure that you're um, on the same page and that you're talking about uh, the events on uh, that happened in that iteration on in the sprint, for example. Um, because everybody has a slightly different view on what happened and what they think happened and what they think was important. Um, and there are loads of different formats about that. Uh, we, we can jump into that later. Uh, I'm already noticing, like, I'm, I'm talking way too much. Uh, Eric, maybe you can add the, the next ones. Yeah, sure. I can uh, I can take over there. I think, the yeah, the basic building blocks you mentioned are, uh, are super important. You have to disconnect. You have to gathering or oh, setting the stage as you call it gathering data and then moving into tying action points or improvement points coming up with actionable ideas from the retro so the, if you have those three building blocks you already have a really good start um, what i in some teams add to 
the Red Rose is a check-in or a check-out, just a really brief moment from, hey guys, how are you feeling? And um, yeah, you, there's of course the, 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 what was the weather like past sprints or what's uh, yesterday's weather, the analogies with the weather. I use it sometimes to say, uh, just copy paste an icon of a weather type, but you thought uh, about the, uh, the the previous sprint. And you can use that data as well in the long run to just see if there's trends emerging. Uh, for instance, if the weather slowly changes from sunny to cloudy to thunderstorms, um, you notice something's up in the team and you can address that in the next retro, for instance. Or if you use it as a check-in, you can address it in the retro right there and then. So that's uh, check-in, check-out is also an item I sometimes add uh, to the to the agenda. And maybe to add to that, uh, we talked about actionable points. We already hinted on it in the, the beginning. Um, the follow-up, so get back to the action points you defined last time and address them as well in, in the, the new retro. Also to hold, well, hold each other accountable sounds really managerial perhaps, but within a team, you should be able to address to each other from, hey, this, this action point has been on, 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 on the list for three retros already. What, what happened? What's happening? Do you need help or are you stuck? So it's also a way to motivate each other to really address the improvement points. Yeah, exactly. Carry it forward to get the movement that uh, Jaka was talking about uh, in the beginning, to get that movement and to also, I think, give the proper attention to these actions to indeed carry them out. Because in the end, it was needed to improve things and that's the place where you want to be. So you, there has to be some, uh, some, some focus, some energy there to get to that place uh, as a team. I think that's, uh, that's an important part of it. Yeah, and it might even be one of the uh, one of the bigger challenges of good retros. Of course, we talked a lot about the format and, and how to conduct them and how to keep them interesting and inspiring. The other part is also quite hard, uh, I notice, is the discipline and to follow up on those actions because you have the retro and if your sprints take two weeks, you will have another, another retro in two weeks. But it would be a bit of a waste if you only address those action points in the retros themselves. So that follow up in between and the discipline to actually take care of them is also an, uh, an interesting challenge sometimes. So what you suggest is to make those action items uh, part of your stories during and, and discuss them uh, on a daily basis instead of waiting two weeks for another retro and um, discuss the status. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good good trick actually. Uh, just make a story, put it in uh, the sprint backlog um, and then you have a visual reminder oh, yes, there is something that we still need to do. Uh, and somebody has to take charge of that because it is part of our sprint and we, we all deemed it valuable and important. So why is this ticket not moving? Exactly. exactly. And then again, to get the attention there, because yeah, the, if the team would have uh, automatically gravitated to that point, then it wouldn't be in the retro. But so they need some some mark or, or something to aim for and, and and a reminder. So so they are moving in that direction. I think they, these reminders are very strong there. Yeah, and it can also be that that in the retro you uncovered some yeah hidden problem. Sounds really abstract, but it could be something you never realized as a team or something that was just hidden beneath the surface. And yeah, the, I was triggered by your uh, gravitating remark. So indeed, if something really goes south in the team, they will address it uh, even before the retro. That doesn't have to wait until the retro. But it could very well be that there was a, a something beneath the surface that needs some reminder now and then to, to actually improve on that. And then putting it 
visually on the boards really helps because it will be on the radar constantly. Yeah. Cool. Hey, so we we know uh, why it's important a good retro. We we have the building blocks, but still it can be boring, right? Even if you have these building blocks. So uh, how to uh, to make it uh, not boring? Um. Yeah. So so why is it even getting boring? Um. So if you have uh, iterations of two weeks, you have a retrospective every two weeks, that's about 25, 26 retrospectives per year. Um, so yeah, eventually, if you keep doing it um, without changing it, it will become boring. Like as with everything that you do, um, that takes effort, but you, you, yeah, you, you don't change it up, it, it will get boring. Um, so my biggest takeaway for the for the workshop i think uh, for the talk at uh, the spaces summit uh, and i think it resonated with a lot of the attendees is change it up do it differently from time to time um, and we, we there are some basic formats uh, that a lot of people already use and there there's nothing wrong with those formats like the the most basic retrospective format that you can think of what went well what can we improve there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. But if you keep asking that same question every time, there's not going to be a lot of different uh, responses to that. And then it becomes boring because like, yeah, okay, so we have this format, these questions are going to be asked. I can predict what is going to happen in this retrospective. So why should I even be there? That is very demotivating. So. Uh, my my biggest learning, and I fortunate I learned this at, at a very early point in my career uh, as a, as a Scrum developer. My then um, uh, Scrum master she changed it up every week. That we had a, di a slightly different format or a, an entirely different format, and I noticed like, hey, this works. This keeps it fresh. This keeps it keeps it going. Um, so I. When I became Scrum Master myself, I, I yeah, uh, unconsciously I, I did it like that, and it worked. And I got feedback from other uh, from my teammates, like, okay, this this really works for me. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the retrospective because I don't know what to expect. Um, so that was that was super good to hear, and that made me also realize, oh, this is something that I can share with the, the bigger Bold.com community. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, so you make it. Uh, you don't want to miss out a meeting uh, instead of. Uh, oh, there we go again. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. That that little curious, bit of anticipation uh, is, yeah. is apparently very powerful. Yeah, something you mentioned triggered me as well. You said that someone approached you from, "Hey, this really worked for me." Um, I got feedback from some team members as well. From you're always doing these creative retrospectives. I really don't like that. I'm not that creative. And he had a point. So sometimes it's good to have a more, yeah, I would like I like to call it standard retros, like uh, three, four columns, fill them in. But sometimes I use uh, drawing retros. Uh, I just ask the team, from hey guys, can you draw in a few symbols what you think of the last sprint? Uh, not many, not, not everyone likes that. So if you change that format up a little bit, that helps people also, um, yeah, cross that bridge, so to speak. And exactly. During the the workshop, the the one that we um, uh, gave to the attendees uh, to 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 practice uh, was the movie critic, um, in which you 
everybody is asked like, okay, so you're a movie critic and the, 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 the sprint that we just did, it was a movie. But what kind of movie was it? What was the genre? What was the theme? Is there a big twist? That kind of thing. Uh, and you're the movie critic, so write it down. Uh, everybody take five or 10 minutes, tr begin to write it down, uh, and then we'll come back and share that. But that puts people in an entirely different mindset than the question, what did go well and what can we improve? Uh, it asks different kinds of creativity. Um, and that, as Eric says, um, that can work and it can also not work. It depends on the mood of the, of the room, the, the people in that room, um, the sprint that you're discussing. Um, and just because it worked once, it might not work again and vice versa. Exactly, but but I think yeah, that that the uh, the uh, let's say the 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 different approaches that that there's there's a strength yeah? because you you do a retro to basically take a step back reflect on things but if you reflect uh, constantly in the same time uh, in or in the same way then yeah indeed nothing new springs so you need different angles to look at it and basically different questions uh, spark these different angles or different uh, ways of expressing yourself yeah? like uh, it, whether it's written or drawing things or a color or uh, symbols yeah, all, all these different things and uh, spark different things in your brain and thus uh, different results, thus a, another way of learning. That, that's kind of the argumentation, right? Yeah, yeah, and at the same time, it helps different types of people getting their thoughts across. People that don't like writing might be able to get their point across drawing and vice versa. And so it helps, uh, on the one hand, it sparks a different way of thinking, but it also helps different types of people, yeah, getting their thoughts uh, well, on paper or on whatever. Across to the others, basically, yeah, communicate yeah. their ideas. Exactly. Yeah. And if, if you introduce a new format, is, um, uh, do you ask people to prepare for it as well, uh, giving some homework up front? Or is it something, uh, this surprise, this is the <laughs> format, go ahead. I, I usually don't, although arguably sometimes it would have been better but i do like the element of surprise a little bit and the teams i'm in currently don't mind they they like it and i think that's also a matter of feeling and the team do they like those surprises or if you see that sometimes people are taken aback because of that surprise you might want to uh, adapt yourself a little bit and and give them a little bit more preparation up front um in, in the retros themselves i sometimes allow some or allow, that sounds, that sounds <laughs> bad, bad, so choice. Strict, <laughs> yeah, bad choice of words. No, I, uh, I just let people do some silent writing so they can, I introduce the format, hey guys, I would like you to be the movie critic, for instance, and just give them some opportunity, like five minutes to, in silence, write, give, get their thoughts together and start writing. And that's quite frequently is enough preparation to get, to get everyone going. Exactly. Um, and to me, the, the full, the, the, the pitfall, is that if you if you introduce it too uh, too much in advance, uh, people can kind of tune it out and, and and are overthinking maybe. Um, so yeah, I, I like to just drop it on them at the moment, uh, and that that usually works. Uh, uh, people are pretty um, adaptive in that regard, uh, and it it also prevents the the overthinking. Like oh, there are these four categories. Um, and now I'm going to write my stickies in exactly that format. Uh, yeah, 
sorry, that, that was not a goal. Uh, it also doesn't matter to me in which category you put it, as long as it's there and that we can talk about it. Yeah, some, something completely different sparked in my head when you said um, people start overthinking it. The preparation might indeed trigger that. Um, and one thing we did not hint upon uh, in our talk just now is uh, is timekeeping. Um, what I am particularly strict on, although sometimes I find it hard to interrupt people, but to do uh, to do strict timekeeping because uh, I always ask people, okay, you've got the next five minutes to do some silent writing on to getting your ideas together. That gives people a sense of urgency and it also prevents on yeah uh, prevents on. People just kept keep on thinking, oh, I should think of another idea, another idea. But if the time's up, then time's up, and then we can just move on. And that saves a lot of trouble towards the end of the retro, where you ideally want to get to some improvement points. But yeah, the first few times I hosted the retro, we just ran out of time. Uh, and I think that's an important aspect to not underestimate. And bringing in variety, uh, also I work together with teams uh, in which the team said, OK, we, we do the, uh, the retro organized by every team member uh, in, uh, and, and change it every uh, retro. So uh, everybody can uh, give his own idea on it. Do you have experience with that as well? You change the, the role in the team? Not, not that much. Um, I think it depends a bit on the team. Um, some people are really comfortable with it, and then I, yeah, I sometimes suggest it, and I think, yeah, please go ahead. I would like to uh, see how you are doing it, and it's, I can also learn from that. Uh, sometimes it was out of necessity because I was on holiday, for instance. I just asked, "Hey guys, next week's the retro. Okay. Uh, who, yeah. Who's willing? Who's willing to host it?" Um, but yeah, it, I think it depends on the team. It's good to let the team take ownership of the retro as well because as a scrum master uh, you should not be the only one taking ownership for it um, but um, i think if people are are really comfortable doing that it's fine if you see some hesitation from oh god i should host a retro then maybe you should not do it so that's also differs per team i don't know if you, you want to add something to that uh, Jaka? Uh, again my thoughts mirror yours uh, eric it's kind of <laughs> scary um, a lot of people are a bit uncomfortable with hosting these kinds of things. Um, and if you ask them, eventually somebody will step up. But yeah, it's 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 not necessarily a thing that uh, brings joy to them. Let's put it that way. Um, so yeah, that rotation, if it works, uh, go ahead and automatically you'll probably uh, change formats. Uh, and uh, a different host brings also a different energy in the room. Uh, that, that's super important. So if, if that if you can make that happen, more power to you. Um, but be careful, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's good that you add that some people don't feel uh, comfortable with it, and you should enforce them with uh, with a rotation uh, schedule. Then, yeah. And Peter Paul, you note you noted down the three Fs with uh, with the preparation. Uh, it comes to the, the the I think it's related to the elements. Yeah, so I found uh, there somewhere three elements. It was uh, fun, fast, and fruitful. And, and maybe they're even from the from the text that you wrote to to lure people in or something. I I can't recall exactly where it's from, but it, these are like important elements, I guess. And I um, yeah, the, the I, yeah. I have a yeah, I I wrote those in the in the abstract. Um, I might have uh, overshot my target there. <laughs> 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 um, 
because you, you need to, to, to write something down to draw people in, of course. Uh, but on the other hand, those three, uh, when I hear them back now, um, yeah, they make sense, right? Uh, to me, they make perfect sense. Um, as Eric uh, previously mentioned, uh, a lot of developers, they, they want to be productive. They want to, uh, to, to have, a, uh, if there is a meeting, most people don't like meetings, but if there is a meeting, it needs to be a good one and it needs to, 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 to help you forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a good retrospective is also something that you like doing, actually. Because otherwise, uh, okay, so we talked about this, uh, the, the tedium can, can set in, uh, you can get a negative mindset, uh, and before you know it, you're going to start skipping those, those retrospectives. That's the fun part. Um, and fruitful, yeah, because you have this, this retrospective, but if you have no follow-up, you're not moving anything, and again, before you know it, uh, there's a negative association with your with your retrospectives. So yeah, um, good words. Part of that still. <laughs> so in retro, in retrospective, yeah, I stand by those uh, three Fs. <laughs> yeah, and zooming in on the the second F, uh, the fast. Um, sometimes you get the remarks from the team from. Oh, we only had a retro for an hour or one and a half hour, but there were some topics on there that deserve a lot more time. The retro is, of course, not the only opportunity you can discuss those topics because an improvement point coming from the retro can perfectly well be schedule a meeting or dive into this topic, brainstorm together about that certain topic. It's, as long as it's the first step to do that improvement, it's fine. It doesn't have to be complete. It doesn't have to be finished. So yeah, there are lots of topics that you cannot cover in a retro, but at least they are uncovered now, and you can uh, work on them in a different uh, in a different setting. Yeah, for, for me, uh, in addition to that, the fastest not is uh, about how you experience the retro, not necessarily about because if you're in a more boring retro, then it takes really really long, and you never experience it fast. But at the same time, uh, let's let's say an hour or an hour and a half could be like a retro where, where there's a, a certain rhythm in there and you feel triggered to really answer the questions and be really open and honest there. And then, yeah, then time passes by in the blink of an eye, basically. And it feels like, is the hour already over? And then, yeah, that, that's, that's what the fast also uh, sparks in me too. Yeah, and then more as, as the feeling that you want to have in these uh, kind of sessions. Yeah, good point, Peter Paul. The, the the experience of fast is maybe more important than the actual time on the clock. Although, arguably, hinting uh, is uh, hooking hooking back to the timekeeping mm -hmm. I mentioned before. It could very well be that a certain topic sparks a lot of discussion going back yeah. and forth, maybe even between two people, and 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 that could take away that feeling of fast in, and uh, fast productive rhythm. So that's that's where uh, they actually are sort of related to each other because and th because then it might get get boring again because other people might not be feel involved in that lengthy discussion. Yeah, if, if you, I can imagine that if you feel that they are stepping out of the discussion, that you can address that specific topic for a later moment to pick up in, in between those people that are really involved in it. So that can be a can be a way to cover that one. Hey, and do do we have examples of? Um, uh, that you had, that you came up with an idea. Okay, this is a nice uh, way to to do a retro, and that you went into the retro itself, and that it went in a totally different way. 
Ooh, that's a nice question. I myself always really bad at remembering examples. <laughs> um, it is a good question, but it's indeed very hard to put uh, put examples to that. Um, but often I am surprised what comes out of the retrospectives. Uh, because the way that I, of course, um, experience uh, a meeting or uh, the, the, the sprint itself, it's different from everybody else's. Um, and sometimes I think like, well, this was a not great sprint, uh, not awesome. And then before you know it, uh, there, there's a lot of people that say like, yeah, that was a really good sprint and the energy was awesome. And we did this and we did that. And well, this failed, but we improved upon it. Um, I'm often uh, surprised by what comes out of it. Just one example popped in, and that's more, maybe less about retros, but more about um, feeling the room. It, sound, it always sounds really, really woolly. But um, so, uh, at some point, I organized a retro for a team, and we started talking, points started popping up. And then one of the, the stickies on the wall sparked a huge discussion, which apparently had a lot of frustration, a lot of opinions. Um, and at such a moment, you can say as a Scrum Master, hey guys, we should stick to the timeline and then just cut it off. But at that time, I th thought it was more worth to let let it just flow and let let it continue and just throw the whole format out of the window. And that was at that time was the right choice. So that was a completely different outcome than I expected. But in the end, it, it cleared the air a little bit. It opened up some 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 things to do. So that was also a good result, I would say. Elephant need, uh, needed to be uh, named uh, yeah. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. And yeah. in the end, that retro was apparently the place that the elephant would be uh, I mean, uh, really uh, visible, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. And I recognize what you're saying, that sometimes you uh, you have the feeling that it went like wah wah, uh, but other people start to, to talk about it in a different way about its print, and then that you, yeah, it, it opens up your uh, your way of looking at it. Yeah, and but something and, it's also something you want to avoid. It shouldn't be like uh, the Muppet Show that uh, these two old guys on the balcony that one says, "Well, oh, it was," uh, uh, and the other starts, "No, it was great," and then the other, says, "Yeah, well, it's really awesome." <laughs> so you should have the 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 possibility to to think for yourself first and then discuss it with each other. Yeah, yeah, that's the the silent writing that Eric mentioned. Um, yeah. Make sure that everybody. Um, feels heard and has the opportunity to be heard without immediately influencing everybody. Um, one thing that can happen, for example, if you uh, prepare the the, uh, the format in advance, you announce the format in advance and you give everybody opportunity to write these things out in the open and put them directly on the board. But then the first one has a huge impact on what everybody else is going to uh, put down because you read it and you're like, oh yeah, that, that was a thing and that was important. But maybe if you, you would just have uh, written it by yourself, you would have a totally different uh, input there. I, yeah, I have one question about energy and feeling the room. Um, recently, yeah, we started to work in a hybrid way of working, 50% at the office, 50% from home. How do you do that? Do you ensure that uh, all of the people in your team are at the office to do the retro, or do you do it in a hybrid way and see how that goes? I do both. Uh, it depends a little bit uh, on maybe how how well the team knows each other. Um, 
my own preference is for for new teams or teams that are struggling with something to do it face to face as much as possible because yeah if you see each other there's body language you, you pick up on everything that makes it a bit more natural but I have no objections against myself at least against remote retros as long as you know that that uh, the team is still open and the team is still uh, addressing the things that need to be addressed together. But it, it is a bit harder uh, because you can look at the faces, of course, to see if there's uh, there's someone, yeah, as uh, how do you say it in English, uh, a facial expression that you noticed that where you can zoom in on. So it does work, but it is you have slight, less cues to to work with. So that's definitely true. Yeah, I also prefer to have a, a retrospective uh, with everybody in the same room, but. At the same time, it's been a long time since we did that in, in both teams, actually. Um, it is very, uh, it, it's something that you can really do well, uh, also because everybody now has about two years experience of doing so. Um, you, you, the, 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 the child diseases, I don't know if that's the correct English, uh, they're, they're kind of out of it now. Everybody has a proper setup and knows how to, to deal with this. Um, but especially with with new teams, um, it is important to have that baseline of rapport with everybody, um, yeah. with the, the baseline of knowing each other, uh, knowing what they what they're saying and what they're not saying, and kind of seeing that, uh, knowing that in their behavior. And for that, you need a, a baseline that I think is still best made uh, in person, uh, in the office or somewhere else. Yeah. Would be an awesome uh, addition to Teams, by the way. If if uh, Teams does a uh, uh, recognition uh, artificial based based on on your <laughs> expression and then shows it in another way, so that you're aware of it. So <laughs> Interesting, but really tricky. I think <laughs> it's really tricky. I just, yeah, no, just thinking out loud. That was yeah. Uh, <laughs> When you when you shared it like that, I was like, okay, that can be interesting. Hey, Peter Paul, looking at the time. Um, yeah, I was still curious about what, what you did as an experiment during the, the talk. Is it something you want to dive into it? Which experiment are you? Yeah, you, you said you did, you made, you did uh, the Spaces Summit talk, you made it interactive. What what did you do? What, um, ah, okay, with, so with, uh, with the audience. During the, uh, the workshop, we had several elements that we uh, used to highlight certain parts of the, the, the whole retrospective thing. So everybody came in and immediately we asked, okay, put your dot, put a dot on uh, the, the, uh, the mood that you're in. So you're sad, you're neutral, or you're happy. Um, and that was the, the, the first thing, like, okay, this is what you do. This is setting the table. This is what we did. And then Afterwards, we explained why we did it because everybody was like, "Okay, but I'm I'm here at a conference and I'm just want to sit down and absorb things." No, 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 you're here to participate. <laughs> um, that was the first thing, and that that already worked very well. Um, and we did a similar thing actually with the the, the outro, the, the closing it out. We asked people, "Okay, put your card uh, at the number of uh, stars uh, that you give this workshop." And you can do that uh, in a real retrospective as well. And I, I uh, honestly uh, think you should. You you should take a look at. You should retro your retros from time to time. Yeah. I, I'd it like is, to. I like to call that metros, like meta retros. But 
Exactly. Yeah. Just look back at what, did it work actually this format? Because it again, I might think it it was a wonderful thing uh, this format, but maybe it kind of worked, or, or maybe it really didn't for everybody else. Uh, and you're only gonna know that if you ask it. Yeah, and the interesting thing what we also did uh, during uh, the summit is, of course, uh, Jakes uh, shared a lot of a lot of things like the building blocks and a lot of interesting facts about what what makes a good retro. But we also had four mini retros throughout the the room to just let people get a feel of how can a retro be. Of course, the time was really limited, so we had to rush through it a little bit. But that really sparked a lot of people's interest. And hey, this is nice. And that was the movie critic uh, format, by yeah. the way. The movie critic format, indeed, with the ID. Yeah, there's no way we're going to do a full retrospective uh, in 10 minutes. Uh, it's not going to happen. But we want you to feel this energy that happens if you put things in a different format. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that went very well. Triggers from uh, to look at it from different angles. Yeah. Okay, Patrick. Well, now the yeah. I think before we go to the closing, closing round. Yeah, the closing round. So. Yeah, what's the, the most important takeaway? What should our uh, listeners really uh, remember? Yeah, change it up. Change your, your retrospectives. Um, the, the basic building blocks are there. Uh, you can vary with them. We, you have a lot of choice. As I said, there are half of internet is full of retrospective formats. Um, but don't just choose one. Choose all of them. And, and switch it up um, with that unexpectedness that, that asking questions in a different style, different formats, uh, it, it can do wonders with the energy in your team. Yeah, and my main takeaway is actually a bit tying into that. Um, the first thing that came to my mind was don't be afraid to make it fun. It doesn't all have to be super serious to seriously dive into. Ooh, what should we improve? Or you can also just make it fun and 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 get a whole different set of things out of it than you might have expected up front. Hey, Pet Paul, to make to surprise. What what is your takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> My takeaway is um, oh, this is a good question, and basically I'm stalling you now to get up uh, to the proper answer. No, what I really uh, take from this is I think that uh, that 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 changing uh, to to uh, to get the to ask new questions, to come up with new answers. That I think that that the changing things and making it fun is about that, about changing perspective. So not having every retro the same perspective of what you've been doing in the sprint before. So uh, uh, I think that would be my takeaway. Now, of course, you get the question back, Peter. Yeah, it's now all open doors. It's uh, it's indeed uh, you uh, you want to have. Uh, different angles uh, looking at things and that's what you achieve with uh, yeah, different ways of uh, doing the retro. So that was uh, that was the insight. Yeah, thanks for sharing uh, Jaak and Erik uh, the story with us and uh, yeah, maybe we should do a retro about this uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> we should next definitely time. do. We definitely yeah. will do that. Yeah, and th- thanks, for, thanks for the invite and uh, hopefully this inspires people to, uh, to have non-boring retros from now on. Exactly. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked the episode, check some of the others. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab and subscribe. Leave a 5-star review so others can find the podcast easier and spread the word. We like interactions, so if you have any questions or suggestions, 
Find us on Twitter, LinkedIn or mail techlab at bol.com. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.